What's up, Predators? Thanks for tuning in to the audio portion of the Smasher Pass broadcast with Travis and Dean. If you want to catch the video portion of it whenever we go live, check it out on YouTube at Apex Predator Outdoors and at Lung Crusher 53. Whenever we go live there, you can comment and be part of the show live. Comment and talk to our guests and uh, be a part of the show. So if you want to check it out, again, go check it out at Apex Predator Outdoors or Lung Crusher 53 at YouTube and be part of the show and also guys go ahead and subscribe and like and hit that little notification bell so you can be reminded whenever we post new episodes of the show and also subscribe to the feed here wherever you're listening to it so you can make sure that you never miss a new episode thanks predators and as always keep defying the odds all right i think we are officially live here what is going on predators is travis here from apex predator outdoors uh in the spirit of always tinkering and always learning new things and always trying out uh new pieces of gear about uh about a year ago i found these broadheads that i've absolutely fallen in love with and these are the arrow one broadheads by crafted archery uh, and so today I've actually got my guest is Dan, uh, Dan Craft, Crafted Archery, and he's coming coming to us all the way from Australia. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for watching. And uh, Dan, why don't you go ahead and share with everybody a little bit about uh, about your company and uh, who you are and where they can see you. Yeah, okay. Thanks for having me on, Travis. The um, Yeah, so I'm Dan from Crafted Archery um, from Australia, like Travis mentioned, the yeah, we've got uh, sort of a new company happening here that we're building up slowly. Um, yeah, the the flagship at the moment is the Aero One Broadhead. Uh, that was sort of came just out of out of tinkering around myself, um, trying to you know create and make something a little bit better for what I was after and what I thought other people would enjoy as well. Um, and basically that's how the whole company and all my products are evolving as well. Uh, we, we started off with the Aero one and then, um, mates started using them that then went on. I was producing so many that it sort of went on, moved out to, um, creating the website and making them available to the public and so on and so on. And then, um, next thing was the arrows that we, that I have as well. Um, the, the need for arrows was shown when all my friends were coming and getting broadheads off me and then they'd have to go to a different shop to buy some arrows. So I started mm -hmm. stocking arrows as well. I'm making the crafted arrows and yeah, we'll see where it goes from here, but that's the plan just to let it grow organically. Um, and produce products that I'll use and my mates will use. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's and uh, that's actually going to be my uh, <clears throat> my next arrow build here. Is I've actually uh, just got a new uh, prime in line five bow, and uh, I got the uh, crafted archery, the uh, two two the two fifty arrows is what it is, and the uh, I'm going to be throwing in the ethics inserts with that. I'm going to be using the Arrow One Broadhead this year, and uh, also another uh, product that I got coming over here from Australia is uh, the uh, Easy Veins here. And like I say, the guy or Brendan over at Easy Veins is uh, he threw in some veins here for us, guys. So if y'all have a, you want to get a discount on any veins, just follow the uh, code and use that discount code at the bottom of the screen there, and you can get a discount on your 
own the veins here but man these things are all amazing and it's kind of cool i feel it's it's interesting building a a product from these companies growing all the way from uh australia but i really uh like i said i used this uh on that pig hunt that i went on and i was just absolutely astounded with that uh it's a very aggressive broadhead here and like i say it's got a very unique uh design so if you will man just talk a little bit about the design of the broadhead and how the name i guess comes into that as well yeah so the the design came from um i was trialing a lot of different broadheads myself uh trying to figure out what worked best for me um a, a property i've got well relatively nearby it's only sort of an hour away from where i live um, holds a lot of uh, feral mountain goats. So that was kind of the, the location where I was hunting a lot and, and testing and trying things. And they're, they're not a hard animal to hunt. Uh, they, they can live in hard terrain, but, uh, you know, the, the, in Australia here, it's, it's the majority of our hunting's spot and stalk. So um, the goats are, are relatively easy hunt in that case mm -hmm. but they are a pretty tough animal as such like you can if you don't hit them in the right spot then you know they can they can take an arrow and run off up right. into the mountains and and they're, they're that quick and agile across the mountains that you'll you'll never catch up with them so uh yeah it, it sort of came from a bad shot that I, I put on a goat that you know none of us want to do but they happen sometimes and Mm -hmm. um, I didn't think it was that bad of a shot, but this goat, I chased him for oh, hours and hours trying to figure out where he was in this mountain. And just, he, he, it was like, he'd been, you know, scratched. It was, it was just nothing. Ghost. <laughs> it looked like the blood and everything. And, and it was just nothing. So, um, yeah, so that's why I wanted to make a slightly more aggressive, uh, broadhead that would, um, help in situations like that. Um, I wanted to stay with the with a solid broadhead as well. Uh, we we do hunt a lot over here. Uh, we have no seasons on the feral animals, um, so we can you know, so long as you can get time, you can get out and hunt. And and with properties, I live in a place called the Hunter Valley uh, in New South Wales, so um, it's there's there's quite a bit of opportunity around between state forests and and a few private properties we've got access to. So. We do hunt quite a lot, so yeah. That basically, I wanted to have a broadhead that would, you know, it was pretty aggressive. It it, it did some damage. Um, it it had to be a solid thing so that we could reuse them, because um, it's not uncommon to go for a walk in the mountains trying to fill our freezers up. I went out a couple of weeks ago with a few mates, and um, yeah, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went out a couple of weeks ago with a few mates and, and um, three out of the four of us emptied our quivers by lunchtime um, wow. on different animals. So it's it's not uncommon to want to reuse your arrow up in the mountain. So um, that was another thought that I wanted to make sure things were solid so that if you had the opportunity, you could pick your arrow back up and make sure it was it was right to go again um and then the so the the main difference you know a, a two-blade broadhead's sort of a two-blade broadhead it's it's a pointy 
triangular thing with a with a screw on the back. But <laughs> the main difference with ours is the the 3D aspect of it, um, where it's got the the scoops across the back, which does a couple of things, and it, it gives the broadhead plenty of thickness. It offsets the blades. Um, I went with a single bevel blade because I like the idea of the the rotation um, as it goes through the animal. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, obviously a, a spiral cut is a lot harder for it to close up than what a, a straight slice is. is so. um, but it, I guess the strange thing about the design is that it it didn't come from so with the scoop on the back of the broadhead. It didn't come from a, a hunting perspective or anything of like that. So my pastime that I was into a lot sort of a few years ago until Corona shut everything down is uh, drag racing. So I was crewing on a, on a pretty successful car. And with that, it was uh, the, the class that we're in. It's pretty restricted. And a lot of the steering of the car, especially when the front wheels were in the air, was done from the back with the wing on the back of the car. And it, a lot of people look at a wing and, and think that, you know, it's it's the pressure on the top of the wing that pushes the back of the car down, but it's more the the negative pressure underneath the wing. Um, so knowing that and using that, the thoughts of that, uh, I yeah, that's where I just designed the scoop to try and create a bit of a negative pressure to help um, rotate the broadhead and rotate the whole arrow assembly as it's going through the air. Um, that, was one, which, that was one thing I thought was really cool too. Is I was uh, I saw you did this as well in the uh, in, in your testing there, but I got one of those uh, bounce house uh, fans, you know, and I put that there and I put it on my arrow spinner in with no fletches on the arrow. It was still that that, that scoop gave it enough uh, to actually spin the arrow pretty quick too. That was yeah. really shocking. Yeah, so so a lot of single blade broadheads will, will claim that they do that, um, but yeah, I did a did a bit of a test on a few things that I had and and it sort of surprised me that um, well, a particular single blade broadhead that I had that I'd been testing previously um, actually rotated the opposite way than what you thought it would have. It, it, so it showed that the, the blade on the front didn't really do anything hmm. and it was the cut on the back of the broadhead that was causing it to rotate that way because of that negative pressure. So... Hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's sort of where all that came from. And, and then, yeah, like you say, once I made the, the Aero one design and tested that and it sort of proved my theory. And, um, so yeah, there's a couple of things to it. The, the offset blades as well, um, sort of increases the cutting width for, for this, for the amount of material that you've got. If you, if you've got a hundred blade, a hundred grain broadhead, sorry, that's, that's as thick as what ours is. Um, to make it solid, then you're sort of restricted on the amount of material you can have in the broadhead, obviously. So by having the, the blades offset, it does maximise the width of the cut um, without uh, worrying about how thick your actual blade is. You know, mm -hmm. You'd stretch your blade out, but then you'd have to make your blade thinner. So it was mm -hmm. something I want to try and stay away from. So, yeah, that's sort of where it came from. And mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that's really interesting too is that 
Um, I've, I've been really tinkering with my arrow ones lately and just kind of going through and like resharpening them and uh, stuff like that. And, you know, one of the things I've found, too, is comparing it to some of the other broadheads I have in the stack and some of the other, you know, experiences I've had in the past is that it's kind of funny because when people are making broadheads, they think, oh, you need to get just like the hardest steel you can actually get out there. And, you know, you got to get the, you know, the harder the blades are, the everything's going to be better. And I was actually watching uh, John Lusk's uh, review of your broadheads. And I thought it was really important because he, he's mentioning that, you know, sometimes if the blades are too hard, they actually become more fragile and they'll actually snap in there. Whereas if you have a little bit of malleability to the blades, that it's actually going to stay intact and as long as that blade is all in one piece it's still going to push through the animal and i think that i think that the metal it seems just from working with it and working it over you know different uh honing stones and things like that that i think it's like the perfect amount of like soft and hard you know where like say i, I go straight through bone and it's not going to shear off or break or anything like that you know but it, like i say it's soft enough to where it's going to stay in one piece and then i can go resharpen it if i need to uh, right after I could pull it out of an animal, like you said, you can empty your quiver, go resharpen everything, just even hit, maybe hit it with a, a steel sharpening steel and then go right back at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was definitely a, a little bit of trial and error, um, during design that and testing, um, where we yeah, tried a few different things. And like you say, it, if it's too hard, you'll get chips in your teeth or it'll, it'll snap off. Um, especially with like the 75 grain little broadhead that we do um that it it wasn't ideal because we did have to reduce the um material in it that was the only way we could get the weight down mm. um, but it has turned out pretty strong um it's proven itself on quite a few animals i put it through personally put it through from a really um almost a vertical down shot on a goat up on a cliff one day um put it through the spine of the animal and pulled it out and it was absolutely perfect. Dropped the animal on the spot and, and um, yeah, the little 75 grain was perfect. That was sort of the first test animal that I'd hit with it. I'm really, really happy with it. But yeah, so the, the and then obviously resharpening was a major thing because uh, sort of, I'm not one to throw gear away. I like to be able to reuse it. So um, yeah, I wanted to make sure it was, it was easy enough to resharpen and get a, a, a good edge on it. Uh, but obviously, not too hard that it would chip or snap or do any silly business when it's going through an animal or um you know hunting the mountains there's, there's quite a lot of rock around so if you get a pass through and it and it bounces off a rock on the other side you want to be able to pick it up and and run it over a um a file or something and, and just bring it back up to spec so that you can put it back in the quiver you never know what's what's on the walk back to the to the car when you're carrying the animal back to the car you might come across <laughs> or something so right. <laughs> that's awesome well, i don't know i just i just got in i landed on a plane can y'all can y'all hear me travis yeah yeah you're good oh, man. okay okay good all right sorry I'm a little bit a little bit late so yeah uh, <laughs> airlines nowadays everything's got to be delayed you know so Hey, your video looks better than it's ever looked to, man. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> I, got, I got every computer in the house turned off. So it's like as much <laughs> Wi-Fi as possible pumping through the to the office. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so uh, man, like the, like I say, the Arrow, Arrow 1 broadheads are awesome. Um, I saw you just started adding more um, arrows to the bunch as well. So um, once you, uh, I guess, so like I said, I hadn't really looked into the arrows a whole bunch other than I just bought some because I was like, you know what, I want a really good 
affordably priced because I found that I've been spending so much money on arrows and even unless it's something, you know, crazy ridiculous like these uh, Victory Vap SS where they got like stainless steel woven in it and they cost like almost $300 a dozen, you know, it's like all these arrows, it's like as long as it flies straight and it spins good, like I don't know why I'm spending $200 for, you know, or $180 for seven or six arrows, I mean, uh, rather than spending 100 and or 80 or 120 bucks and so i don't know i've been tinkering a lot and i saw your arrows and i was like dude that's actually a really good price uh, you said point uh zero three straightness guarantee and so uh anyways just talk about your arrows a little bit man what that's been like yeah so so like everything that that just came from you know i needed some arrows to shoot so i started stocking them um i like the micro diameter arrows the uh, um the 016s so uh yeah started stocking them first um i was hunting with a with a really heavy arrow at the time um so that was that was the original original arrow i started to stock um and then the others just came from from like i said mates coming to me um wanting some arrows and they liked a certain type of arrow so i'd look into it i'd source those arrows so now we've got the standard diameter um 3k weave arrows which are a um, like they're a, a two four four, um, mm-hmm. you guys call them, and then, um, and then yeah, I've recently added the the two o fives as well. Um, again, through another mate, and like you said, he was he was blowing uh, over here. Um, I think he was spending about four hundred dollars a dozen um, for for his arrows. So I yeah. looked at the specs of what he was having and and said well yeah i know i can get them and i can i can do them for a decent price so that's yeah that's why the 205s were added they've been really popular um the one hard thing i will say has been and and the downfall um in a couple of spots has been the the insert like the half cert or the or the collars and stuff which is why i went um i started stocking the ethics gear uh i was i wasn't happy with some of the gear i had i've got like a so with our arrows, we, they'll all come with a basic insert or half cert, whatever's to suit. And then um, there's the option of, of getting the ethics gear if you want that added security and, and strength. Um, and, the, and the reason behind that was that I was having a couple of the half certs on, in particular, the, the 0166 arrows um, were snapping. So that that wasn't cool in my book so i wanted something a bit stronger i started looking into designing something and um there's a few different options out there um and then i came across across the ethics gear and i I, you know that was just the point that you know that was pretty much what i was looking to design anyway so what's the point of of redesigning a wheel if there's already one that fits um yeah the ethics gear i've been using that for a while and it's just kind of become the default like I go straight there, you know. I know that uh, like Iron Will makes some good uh, stuff too. I think Dean, were you or Chris were using those? But uh, yeah. and, how much, and, I can't uh, remember how much they run. Uh, they're they're not they're not crazy high, and I also have the uh, day six uh, uh, half outs also, or the collars, I guess you'd call them. Um, and I haven't used them yet on an animal, so. Actually, the wife and I are going tomorrow on a pig hunt, and so I'll let you know uh, how they do. Nice. Um, be something, uh, you know, as you know, those uh, thick, 
chested animals are are good practice to see what's really going to happen besides rocks <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny dan you were talking about hunting goats because uh like you know, they've got you know fair you got feral goats running around everywhere out there and here we had to go like pay somebody in central texas to take us on a guided goat hunt you know all these exotic like catalina black hawaiian and texas doll rams and stuff like that you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's sort of what what most people cut their teeth on here um i've got a, a quite a few pro staff guys that um over in new zealand um and they're they're rampant over there as well and um yeah they're, they're a great great animal to hunt great animal to eat so um mm-hmm. The, the bigger bigger billies can obviously they can get a bit stinky sometimes but <laughs> you know, it, it, it doesn't matter once you turn them once you make some mints you yeah. might mix in a bit of pork fat or something to to break it down a bit and it's, it's still great to eat so yeah nice. Yeah, we ate Dean's uh, black Hawaiian ram uh, when we were at uh, we stayed at his little house for the total archery challenge out here and uh did it we were we were surprised. It tasted just like a steak, man. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was shocking. I think. Yeah. I think the uh, it's all in the preparation, right? I mean, hundred percent. Yeah. Don't, um, don't. That's that's probably one thing that that. Um, so I just a little bit of a backstory, but I I really enjoy taking out new hunters. Um, like I said, I've got this this uh, private property that's not far from from where I live. It's got a good mob of goats running on it. Um, and and yeah i take out new hunters whenever i can and sort of help them out with their archery and then um and then take them for their first hunt i I did one just recently and then he um he actually came out again on his second hunt a couple of weeks ago but um yeah that's that's one thing that we definitely try and show them that even from from the point when the animal drops on the ground that's when you've got to start treating them the meat correctly um it can make a difference from that point so um mm-hmm. yeah it's it's all part of it what else is out there that you guys that you guys hunt a lot um so yeah like i said earlier uh in the hunter valley here there's you know there's, there's pigs there's goats there's um a few species of deer um uh, what else have we got out west there's it's pretty much anything that's feral to Australia. So any any introduced species, um, you know, camels and donkeys way out west, up north there's there's um, Asiatic water buffalo, um, wild cattle which is they're known as scrub bulls over here, hmm. uh, bentang, uh, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of stuff. So, wow, what and kind of deer is that on the like, logo? Yeah, there's good access to a lot of it. Um, some of the you know, state forests we can hunt. We just have to get a, a, a license and then book in for the for the forest hunt. Um, there's no tag limits or anything like that, huh. and there's there's no seasons. So, wow. yeah. oh, that's great. Yeah, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we started before we started uh, the podcast off. Dan and I were talking, and uh, uh, Daniel said that you know he's based. This is a small company that he's got here, and uh, I'm really excited to see it growing like it is. And uh, you know, like I say, he's got this thing running out of a, a, a workshop at his uh, personal place, and uh, I think that's really awesome. I mean, how how long has it taken you? Like, how long have you been uh, started this business and been uh, kind of running with it and trying to grow it? Yeah, so that so the first broadhead um, 
released that only two years ago now. Um, and it was, you know, it was right at the start of the pandemic. It wasn't a great time to try and sell a new product. Um, people were locked up. They weren't getting out to hunt. It was, it wasn't great. Um, I don't know how much the media has shown over there of, of the Australian lockdowns. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it, it, it probably affected it pretty, pretty heavily. Um, yeah. So a couple of years, um, started off with obviously just, just with a, the, the gear I wanted to hunt. So, you know, I had a hundred grain and a 125 grain broadhead that I started with. And then people coming to me asking for something a little bit heavier. So we introduced the one fifties and the one seventy fives. Um, and then yeah, the arrows and whatnot. Um, and yeah, basically it's, you know, it's, it's more of a thing for me just to see where it goes. I'm not trying to retire on this company or anything like that. I just like making good solid gear. Um, friends to use. I was going to show real quick, see if I can share my screen here, see how this works. Uh, yeah. While you're doing that, I was watching um, a guy that was testing your, your arrows out and he was shooting frying pans and, uh, and uh, I forgot what rock it was. It was like a Scottish boulder or something. And uh, it completely stayed intact. It was it was crazy. I think the only thing he lost was the knock. <laughs> so everybody watching, this is a little video I, I did. So this is where we, uh, Dean and I went hunting. Our first hunt together, we uh, shot this pig. And you can see I got this arrow going in the back. It was like right behind the ribs there came all the way out through hit some other stuff i think it hit a vertebrae or something like that but then it went right in through it came right out the front of the skull you can see i grabbed it and kind of just pushed it the rest of the way through and you can see that blade sticking out uh the front of the skull there and what was so cool to me is like we we got up there and we we took the pig and we went and cleaned it up and everything and again i was able to go right from there right from we took it at the, the arrow out of the pig here I sharpened it up and I was able to put it back in my quiver and we're right back at it again. So uh, it was pretty awesome, man. Like I said, these broadheads are just aggressive. They're mean and just durable. And like I said, like I said, this is something that's important is you can just take that and run back in the field with it. And you can see that thing just stuck right through the front of the skull there. And pigs, these, these wild feral hogs are notorious for having just hard, hard skulls. And so for it to be able to penetrate through the skull after passing through the body is just, yeah. I mean that's pretty amazing. So and and to resharpen it and use it again. I mean, that was yeah. the first time I'd seen seen your broadheads. That was that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's yeah that's sort of the goal with everything. That it's probably not the best um, business goal to have. I just like to be able to go out. Um, and yeah, reuse my gear if I have to. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's cool too, because it came from a need, like this is what you wanted. And so you started making this thing to fit your needs. And so if it's good enough for you, you know, you're like, okay, now I just want to share this with everybody else. And I think that's how yeah. good companies start. And that's how good companies grow. And it's an honest business thing is too, is to say, which it's hard to come by because everybody's got so much, you know, just crazy marketing stuff. Like we were talking to a guy from Average Jack Archery, Nate Sellers has a YouTube channel. And they were talking about the like the Matthews was like, hey, we got the the uh, site here. Now we moved it inside the bow. You know, it's like 
I mean, okay, you know, it's like, are we really doing something here? Oh, we drilled a hole here. So now it's like 0.2 <laughs> ounces, 0 0.02 ounces lighter. You know, it's like, yeah. but this is actually something that brings real results. And you're like, you know, you're like, hey, look, uh, from a business standpoint, you can reuse and reuse these things, you know. And But like I say, then I think some people, it kind of builds a brand loyalty. And so I think that's a direction, man, you should keep heading down is make something that just works and it lasts. So Yeah, yeah. And that's the plan, um, just to continue with adding, you know, products here and there. Um, got a couple of things coming up, um, hopefully soon, that we've been working on for quite a while now or uh, well, it seems like a long time in reality you know 12 months or so um and and again they all came from things um so the so I've, I've got a couple of trad archers um that that use the gear you know they're shooting the 175 grains um but because the broadhead basically is just an expanded 125 grain um then the larger they get the the more aggressive that scoop on the back of them gets and stuff. So, um, and then couple that with trad archery where, you know, it's, it's 40 or 50 pounds. Um, it's, it's not ideal once they get that big. So we're working on a few things there. We're hopefully going to introduce a new design that will lend itself more to, um, sort of the 150. It'll, it'll be available in all sizes, but, but I think it'll work really well with trad archery um, sort of up in the 175s and and hopefully 200, 225 grain weights. Um, so, yeah, we sort of the, the, the basis of that is trying to reduce the scoop on the back of the blade, uh, but still have the, the rotational force in the air as well as mm. obviously a, um, a good solid single blade, uh, single bevel that's gonna gonna do the damage once it gets to the animal as well. So, uh, yeah. and are all all yours um, the single bevel? Are they all on the right side or can no, you get so, them left or right? So again, um, a customer came back to me and said, "Yep, I really like it, but I'll I rotate my arrows to the left." So, do you have a left option? So then, yep, obviously we went out and and made a left option as well. So so okay. the arrow one comes in a left and a right hand bevel. Um, and then, yeah, then the new ones, when they do eventually come out, um, we'll start in a right hand and then we'll, we'll gauge the, the want for the, for the left hands. Um, so yeah, I don't shoot trad. So, so it's up to those guys, the, the guys that are shooting pro stuff for me and as well as um, sort of any customers that come back. Um, you know, if they come to me with a, with a good idea or a good option or, you know, some, um, some, uh, constructive criticism about something, then obviously I'm going to look into that and, and try and make the product that, that they're after as well. So, right on. so I'm guessing cool. you, with the, if you've got your arrows fletched with a, especially with the arrow one, how you know, has the ability to kind of help steer the arrow with, if it's fletched with the left fletch or right fletch you would match that arrow one like a left single bevel or a right bevel right yeah that's right um and yeah that came from sort of my best mate growing up um he he was the one that sort of got me into hunting actually um and then he i've, I've made the arrow one gave it to him and he's like eh, it's not very like it's a bit wobbly in the air and i'm I sort of thought about it and i'm like well 
you know, I've shot this thing hundreds of times now and it's it's been really good for me. So, and then we, we looked at it and yeah, that's what it was that he was running yeah. left fletch um, arrows and they sort of counteract with each other and, and caused a little bit of a wobble. So that's, he was the one that started me on the left hand devil. Um, yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I went we, to place another order. <laughs> did, did you get them in uh, packs or singles or how do you, how do you do? Them? Yeah. So they're, they're a pack of three. Um, and yeah, the um, pack of threes of basically $50 over here. And I was, I'm not sure what that works out to in, a, in the US, depending mm. on the day. I don't know. Right. The exchange right. rate might be 10 bucks or something. I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. My new arrows I'm testing out uh, for the first time. I'm testing a, uh, um, Due to talking to this guy that on one of the podcasts here that builds arrows, I was, uh, started going to on these next one. I'm going to order a uh, or I ordered a left fletching, a left helical fletching, and so I'm going to have to place another order for some arrow ones on a in a left. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's no yeah. worries at all. I'll get them out. Cool, man. Yeah, those things are uh, like I say, a mean broadhead. I, I like I say, I'm really excited to build the arrows and everything and uh, get that running because I've got like. After shooting total archery challenge, I think I lost, but all but like two arrows, and so <laughs> I got like two arrows for practice, and that's all I got. And so I'm just like waiting for these uh, fletches to come in here, and I'm like just chomping at the bit, like all right, as soon as they come in, I'm slapping them on there, going get these things built. So yeah, that's awesome. yeah, no, um, yeah, they're they're a good thing. Those easy fletches, I've been looking at them myself. Um, I was out a few weeks ago. Um, I put an arrow through two different animals and the only reason I couldn't put it through a third was because I lost the fletchings mm-hmm. um, and sort of, yeah, that was one thing that I thought of straight away that maybe those would have stood up to it or um, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. The guy about there that uh, does the easy veins. Uh, I can't remember which part of Australia he's in, but he's, uh, he's a ways out there. He told me, but he, he, uh, he, he made a product and he just commented on one of my videos. I think it was where I was testing the Zinger fletches. And I was like, yeah, these things work really great. I really like them. And then he's like, Hey, have you tried these? And I was like, all right, let me go try them out. And I tried them out and I was like, okay, it's like everything I liked about the Zinger flame, uh, the fletches. But then I can say it's got that standard vein profile, a lot more customizable. And I just, man, I fall in love with them. Like I said, I put it through a foam target, like back to back to back, like a new foam target, like 12 or 13 times. And they still look brand new. And then, like I say, and we went to Total Archer Challenge. I put it in a uh, foam animal target about an inch in there, and I pulled it straight back out. Fletches were still good to go. But if I ever did break them, I just slide my knife across there, slide another one on there, put a little dab of glue, and in 30 seconds, I'm good to go. You know, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's again, keep you in the field, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, are you able to give us a little sneak peek of anything that's uh, coming up or anything you're thinking about or? Um, I don't have them on me at the moment. Um, they're, they're in the house, but, and I don't want to go clamoring through there at the moment. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there is, there is a new broadhead on the horizon. Um, we're sort of at the point now where we're going to production, hopefully. Um, like I said, that's, that's, it's going to be a reduction of the, the aggressiveness of the scoop on the back, but still trying to maintain, um, the this rotation in the air as well as um a solid solid broadhead slightly less offset on the on the blades because of the reduction 
Um, but yeah, the, the, the thought behind that was to go um, try and push for a few largest um, sizes. So sort of the 200s and the 225 grains with the trad arches out there. Still the two blade, still, um, you know, Tano tip to make sure we can smash through the bone when we want to. And um, yeah, single bevel for the rotation and that, that spiral cut. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty happy with how that's come out. I, you know, I, I based the design sort of, again, started with the, with the arrow one and then evolved it from there. So, um, yeah, working with a, a designer out of Sydney that, that drew it all up for me. And then, um, we had them 3d printed in plastic and then, um, 3d printed in stainless steel just to, um, to you know see the the final design and and make sure it was what we're actually thinking and so yeah i'm pretty happy with them uh, not sure at this stage with supply chain issues and stuff where we're gonna like you know how long it's going to take to get them out uh i would love to have them out before the u.s seasons start but i'm sort of not hopeful of that at the moment <laughs> yeah. so yeah, yeah um, and then yeah we'll just We'll go, we'll go from there, see what else is, you know, we, we recently added a, a little sharpening stone, um, a little sharpening plate that, you know, it's sort of credit card size. So it'll just slip in your pack or your, your um, pocket and for when you're out in the field and you do clip that rock or something, you can pick it up and just give you broadhead a dust off and it's right to go straight back in your quiver. Oh, that's um, nice. So... Yeah. yeah, that's something that's something that's packable. You can just like say, because last time I had like a whole knife sharpening set in my pack, you know, and it's like to have yeah. something like small like that. I saw it on the site there. I was like, oh, I got to get one of those too. But yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna start hurting my credit card, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for that's you. What, but, yeah. That's that's what makes it fun, though, man. Like tinkering, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm yeah. I'm that kind of person. I, I, you know, like I said, my, my best mate um, growing up. I've known him since preschool. Um, and sort of we we separated ways for a little bit there when he, he was a chef by trade i was a mechanic so i you know i was just in a local um a local shop over here and then he doing the chef thing traveled all over australia and then ended up in new zealand for a while and um anyway he's come back we 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 sort of were catching up with each other as often as we as we could and i was thinking about getting into hunting and i've sort of decided that i wanted to go down the bow hunting path just because i like i like the challenge um and i was speaking to my wife one time we we're on our way to to meet up with them over on the at the lake um near the beach here um so i live at i live at a place called lake macquarie um and sort of we're going around to the other side of the lake to a, a place we like to meet up over there let the kids have a swim so he had a couple of kids i had a I had a couple of kids at the time and uh, yeah, on the way over there, I was saying to my wife, like, I'm thinking about getting into, into hunting. And, and if I did, I'd probably, you know, like to speak to Joel and see if he wanted to come with me um, because he's a chef, he'd know how to treat the meat and um, show me how to piece the animal up and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, then uh, I got over there and we're packing up at the end of the day and putting the kayaks back on the roof of the car helping each other out and i just mentioned it to him i said oh i'm thinking about getting into bow hunting um do you think you could help me out and come out for a walk at some stage and 
and he sort of turned around at me with his eyes wide open. He goes, you're kidding. I've, he said, I've been hunting, bow hunting for two years and I've got no one to go with. So That's awesome. So, yeah, it was, it, was, it was just a weird point where, you know, we we're best friends at, um, from preschool right through school. We sort of went our own ways but stayed in touch. We we're always good friends and then came back together and and turns out we're doing the same thing as well. Uh, yeah, we both both got into the same same thing. So, yeah, he's uh, me go-to. Uh, you know, we, we, we hunt a lot together as much as we can. He lives um he lives a couple of oh, probably an hour up the Hunter Valley a bit further from where I am so uh, hunt with him a lot and yeah get out and try and take some new hunters out as much as we can. So, What's your favorite thing to hunt? Uh, I, I like I said I, I like the challenge um, the access I've got at the moment the mountains that we get to run up and down uh, are fun. Um, mm. It's not fun, fun. It's it, you hate it at the time. Your legs are yeah. going to fall off. So yeah, the goats are great up there. There's there's plenty. There's there's pigs and stuff up there as well. We've got um got a hunt. We're going out on oh, when is it? No, Friday next Friday week. Um, going out to another property a little bit further up. They've got a lot of pigs and stuff up there. Um, but yeah, the the goats are for me are great fun because they're um you know it, i can get away with it with the family as well being that the property is so nearby if i get mm. one free day even while the kids are at school i can get up there really early in the morning collect a fair bit of meat for the freezer and be back here to pick the kids up from school and take them to afternoon sports and stuff so you know that, that's hard to go by um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, state forest where i've spent a fair bit of time this year um honing in on some fallow um deer got to a point where i was consistently having them on cameras and and had it set up um for the rut and then i got corona <laughs> um so that shut me down for the you know the main week of the rut um it went through the family one by one and the, the way that the laws were happening here at the time uh, if there was a person in your direct vicinity that had it, you had to lock down as well mm. as a close contact. So it ended up taking the whole family out for a month. We were shut down in the house. And then, um, yeah, so, so that sort of put an end to that one. I'll still chase it. I've got, I've got a, you know, a target buck up there that um, in the state forest that hopefully no one else catches up with it before I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for, it, was, it was a nice park for the for the area and um yeah and being state forest they they do get a fair bit of pressure so mm. it, was, mm. it was good to find him and hopefully i can catch up with him again sooner rather than later yeah, <laughs> yeah right. well, good luck on that one yeah if I, don't, <laughs> if I don't catch him in the next sort of couple of months i'll probably hope that he's stealthy enough to hold out until next right but <laughs> see what happens um, but yeah. yeah, you know, favorite the the goats are hard to go by. They're, they're, they're just the access is good and and the the um, the challenge of the mountain is good as well. Uh, like I said, I said earlier, we went out a couple of weeks ago. There was four of us out there. Three of us ended up um, ended up you know emptying our quivers pretty much. 
three animals each. Um, wow. The fourth guy ended up as one of the packing horses. So, wow. Uh, yeah, he walked over to me right at the wrong time. I, I just finished piecing up an animal, had it all sitting in the bags, and he walked over and he said, you need a hand? I said, yep, sure. Chuck all this in your pack. <laughs> um, i'll go down the bottom and get this other one and then i'll meet you back at the car later on so, so, um, yeah it's you know that's what it's all about it's a good Having, problem to have yeah. yeah that's right yeah we, we um yeah unfortunately the, the last one i had to get was off the wrong side of the mountain and it, and it sprinted downhill so i had to go down to the bottom of the mountain piece it up carry it back up and over the mountain to the back to the other side but um yeah that's that's a total that's a total excitement kill when it when that happens yeah you're like yeah yeah so and then you just watch it and you're like oh Oh, god (laughs) now the work now the work really begins yeah Yeah. up on the ledge halfway down or something (laughs) yeah yeah, he was that one was all the way at the bottom um but yeah and and you know like the me mate that helped me pack mine one of mine out he um he was waiting at the car for the other three of us to get back and we're watching each other as you're walking across the valley back to the car and i was the last one out of the mountain i was watching the other two walk across there and they get to the car and collapse on the ground because their legs are buggered and i'm like oh, i'm still doing all right but then by the time i get to the car um yeah, your legs are cramping and stuff and yeah sort of takes you an hour at the car before you can get back in the drive home <laughs> it's like it's like it's those elk hunts too when you get when you get seven miles in you're thinking do i really want to do a 21 mile round trip to bag something or is this is this kind of the a sweet spot to just stop because i can at least make it back from here you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and yeah. draw draw a line in the sand on how much walking i really want to do uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's definitely definitely a, a bucket list for me is an elk mm-hmm. and sort of the same thing you know we come over there and hunt the animals we we can't bring the meat back with us which is a mm. you know that's a downer but just the the challenge i think of it is that mm. is what's drawing me to it yeah, uh, yeah. So you, all have a, you all have a lot of uh red deer out there as well right is that what you're yeah yeah so in in my local area there's um there's red deer fallow deer um and just recently on the highways there's been fair bit of rooster deer when i say a fair bit every now and then you'll see a rooster deer that have been collected by a truck or something mm. um so they're they're coming into the area as well um the, the range must be must be moving out a bit um and then yeah there's uh down south there's samba deer um you know up north and in other areas there's chittle um which are which are axis i'm pretty mm. sure mm. um and then there's the, sorry, the one ballot that they do have over here is for um, for a small animal. It's a hog deer. I don't know if you've seen them. Mm-hmm. They're, a, um, they're sort of they're, they're almost sort of a, um, a I guess a small goat size. Hmm. Um, but yeah, they are a deer. So yeah, there's hmm. there's some good species over here, um, and the access is is pretty good. Um, yeah. And then you know new zealand's only a two-hour flight away as well uh, and they've just got everything there is that a hog deer there that's the one yep uh huh interesting so yeah they they are on a ballot um system <clears throat> in certain areas so 
what uh what in that in your craft archery logo what what's that uh deer there uh, so that that is a um just a basic design that we came up with there was no thought of, or anything <laughs> um that you know we wanted to have a deer or anything um yeah. but just yeah i guess kind of a mix between a I don't know. So it's a g- it's, generic representation of an amalgamation of deer. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crafted deer. They're, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. That's they're, what it is. They're, they're, they're a sneaky species. It's a, yeah. <laughs> That's a Daniel Craft if he were a deer. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's a spirit animal. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, definitely the, the elk. Um, you know, I'd love to get over there one day and and, and hunt them. Um, I've, got a, I've got a few pro staffers over there that are shooting for me as well um a, a young guy um landon he's he's all over it he's um he's had a hard, hard time as well getting tagged so he, he hasn't had a lot of opportunity um and then cam and jeremy uh, in kentucky um they've, they've been supportive since day one sort of thing and um yeah it's it's good to um i just i like helping people out where i can so those guys are helping me out i'll help them out um you know there's guy in in canada that was with me from day one jeff and uh and then so through his contacts um sort of spread through canada as well we've got a few pro staff there now um and then the same as new zealand funnily that uh, i've got um, more pro staff in other countries than I do in Australia. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's but, good. Yeah. That's yeah. Good yeah. Thing, That's a good thing. Yeah. And, and yeah, New Zealand's been good. It's, um, you know, the guys over there are, are keen as they've got similar set up to Australia where, where they're hunting all the feral animals. Um, so they, they get out a lot and, um, yeah, the, I'll, I'll be over there sooner rather than later, hopefully, because there's some um, there's some big mountains over there to try and run up and down as well. So, yeah. well, my my next question is: in uh, New Zealand and Australia, do you, can you, as a non-resident, can you come hunt ferals? Because I'm, you know, I'm getting more and more interested here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so just recently, actually, um, a poll came out, and they're looking to change the the laws so in in new south wales where i live um which is you know sydney is our capital city to sort of put you where i am on the map um you do have to have a hunting license to hunt on public land uh but they've just changed i believe the the, um requirements of that for non-residents for international hunters um it used to be think i've never actually done it but i think it was that you had to be accompanied by a um by a resident have kind of sponsor kind of thing yeah which wouldn't have been an issue for most people anyway because if they're coming to hunt they're either you know they're on a guided tour on or they or they know somebody over here so that's probably not an issue anyway but they've just um changed that now that uh yeah you can come you just get your license and and you can go and hunt the state forests over here um yeah so that's awesome. a step in the right direction, I think. And then New Zealand's yeah. very similar. Um, and there's that many hunters in New Zealand anyway that I don't think it'd be hard to go down to the pub, have a chat with a few people, even if you did need somebody to, to walk <laughs> beside you uh, and somebody to come for a walk with you. So, yeah. Nice. 
That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, there's a couple of places on my bucket list, man. Is uh, make it over there. Uh, we've seen a lot of these uh, have a lot of these hunting shows here in our area, and we've saw some stuff in Africa too, man. Oh, I'd love to go to Africa to go hunting, man. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's some good opportunities over there. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you ever so, come I, this I, way, let me know. We'll we'll hook it up. <laughs> yeah, nice. That'd be awesome. That'd be a fun. That would be an, uh, a very fun trip. You know, mm-hmm. come out and check that out. Yeah, nice for sure. The uh, I don't know if because uh, I was a bit late getting on, but um, if they order the the uh, a kit from y'all, do y'all go ahead and 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 put theirs together, or does it come in a kit so you can you can spot spine them yourself and spin them yeah, so, put your inserts or how, how do you how do you do that yeah so normally i will sell them as a kit um, okay uh and and that's just basically it's you know i like to tinker and build things myself so i, I assume other people do as well yeah uh, yeah I that way um if if people do want them um built and pre-fledged that's not an issue either um okay. you know, I'll, I'll cut anything i'll cut them cut their arrows to size for them um as as, as the order um, so all they have to do is sort of square them up and and put them together. Uh, but then if they do want them fully built, that's that's an option we've got going as well. Um, it's not an option on the website yet, but if they were to uh, message me and, and tell me that's what they were after, um, I've got a local guy here that, again, he's he's one of my pro staffers. Um, that he uh, he's are really finicky about building arrows so whenever a customer asks um for a full arrow build he's the guy i go to because he he puts so much attention into it you know, okay. when i'm building arrows for myself i'm normally slapping them together a day or two before yeah. i'm running out into the mountain so, um, <laughs> nobody nobody does that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah only every time it go to tack you know exactly yeah yeah right the, yeah here can you cram these inserts in here because yeah. i just lost half my arrows and just showing the field yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. uh, oh awesome. well Man, Dan, I thanks. Appreciate you coming on, man. I, uh, I know it's like I say, you, you got to get uh, going to some stuff there today, but uh, appreciate you coming on. And uh, thanks for making just these uh, amazing stuff, man. And I'm going to be posting some videos soon where I'm going to be uh, fletching or finishing out and uh, building my arrows with uh, the crafted archery arrows, the inserts, and uh, the want to order some. I forgot to grab those uh, left uh, bevel bre- uh, arrow ones there. And so I'm going to grab those from you. And then, like I said, I'm going to be doing an arrow build video. I'm going to go down to CNE Custom Outdoor Services, have them build them up for me. And uh, so, yeah, guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, as always, guys, go check out Dan Craft over at Crafted Archery. What's your website, Dan? Uh, www.crafted-archery.com, not .au. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cool. Thanks for having me on, guys. Um, yeah, excited to see, you know, the, the, the stuff that happens over there. Always love the feedback from customers when they they send me pictures of the animals they get in that, and we'll always try and share those customers over social media and stuff. Um, yeah, and that's yeah, a cool thing, too, you do, is that uh, if you drop anything with a, uh, you know, crafted archery broadhead there or arrow, just uh, post it online and tag crafter archery and then dan will post it on the uh, instagram there too yeah 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 check out the instagram there's quite a few animals on there there's some good ones there's um there's a good one actually i was going to mention it earlier with 
when you were showing your your um, hog that you had there. There's a there's a red deer from New Zealand that um, the guy put it put a 100 grain broadhead through its through its shoulder, snapped its leg on one side, went through the shoulder on the other side. Wow! Um, and then he's he actually did a bit of a video of breaking the animal down as well and showing all the broken and chipped out bones inside and stuff. And uh, yeah, Jack over there, he he ended up taking. I think he took there was either seven or eleven animals with the same broadhead before he decided to retire that one. <laughs> wow. It's still good to go, but he just put it put it on the wow in the trophy cabinet at that point. So oh, that's insane, man. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. That's really cool. All right. Well, thanks guys for watching. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh as always, guys, keep defying the odds. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me, guys. See ya.